Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Let's give it up for the man, the myth, the legend, our own mad genius super producer, Mr. Max Williams. What? <laughs> and they call me Ben. I would like to introduce uh, one of my personal favorite mad geniuses, the one and only Mr. Noel Brown. Who, me? Yes, you. Oh, thanks, buddy. You're you're mad. You're a bit of a bit of a mad genius yourself. Sort of a mad scientist, uh, a nutty professor of of of, of fiction and fact. Oh, uh, you uh, and you served as our exclusive uh, research associate on today's episode, which is uh, I think got the makings of maybe one of those series that we promised to make a series and then only ever do one or two installments. <laughs> but we swear this one has legs. This one has legs. No Suf John Stevens. We're actually going to do it. <laughs> hey, I'm going to say this right now. I am on this case. I have a whole tab in the document dedicated to these. Now, will we ever look at the tab? Uh, that That's up to debate. But I have a tab keeping track mm-hmm. of all these. Mm-hmm. There is a tab. There Episode. is a tab. Episodes in perpetuity. Folks, uh, peek behind the ridiculous curtain. Uh, some time ago, the three of us who are actual friends in real life, uh, the three of us became enamored with uh, this idea of inventors who died as a result of their inventions. Now, this is tragic. There is human life lost in every single case. But there's something, I don't know, there's something oddly inspiring about it. Like the, the ability to invent to take something from your imagination and create some version of it in the physical world, it's an almost but not entirely human skill. It doesn't always go as planned. And uh, speaking of things not always going as planned, uh, I, I think we thought this would be 
at first, I don't know about you guys, but at first I thought this would be a one and done episode or maybe a two parter. But as we were as we were diving into the research, we realized a lot of people have died as a direct result of their own inventions. You got to laugh at some yeah. point. I mean, you got to give them credit for putting their money where their mouth is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can only test things with like dummies or lab rats or whatever for so long. It's also it's also kind of a trope in like comic books. You know, like Bruce Banner kind of gamma rayed himself into the Hulk or whatever mm-hmm. Mobius' first name was, uh, shot himself <laughs> up with magic bat juice, you know, to cure his disability, but also, you know, transformed him into a blood-sucking creature of the night mm-hmm. uh, with bad CGI fangs who fought against uh, Doctor Who. Uh, that, that's a, It's a bad movie, y'all. Just, just, just saying. But, you yeah. know, it happens in real life, too. It happens mm-hmm. in real life, too. Again, you know, real scientists have tragically had their lives cut short in the search of greatness. And, and sometimes, you know, the achievement of greatness. But often, sometimes, too, that is where their story ends until today. <laughs> I love it. What a wonderful setup. Yeah. Today, we are uh, we are asking you to travel with us, ridiculous historians, through a cavalcade of catastrophes. A listicle of tragic ridicule. Uh, it's oddly inspiring, perhaps, and we promise we're not going to end on a downer note. These stories are peak ridiculous history. Uh, this first iteration of what may or may not, to your point, Noel, be a continuing series. Uh, this first iteration focuses on people who died trying to fly. And there's a lot of like far side Gary Larson stuff about this. I know we're all big fans of far side. And if you have not somehow heard of far side, you should, if you enjoy laughter, if you don't enjoy laughter, that's fine. Go, you know, go back to the goth albums, but far side, hundred percent. Also, why do we choose flight first? Well, human beings have always been captivated by flight, by heights, you know, humans can swim, not as well as fish or orca or dolphins, but, you know, humans can swim, right? Uh, who's that guy who swims really well? What's his name? Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm, still stuck in, I'm stuck in comic book language. No, 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 Namor or Nailor or whatever the guy's name. The other, the, the knockoff version of uh, Aquaman. Uh, the king of Atlantis is a mutant and uh, not, not human. Still. All right, nerd. Whatever. Uh, still, <laughs> yeah, still, you know, human beings can run. Not as swiftly as a cheetah or an antelope. Actually, early humans use their ability to run far distances uh, rather than sprinting. Humans are persistence hunters. You know, old school, originally, before grocery stores. But right now, as we record, from ancient history all the way to 2022, there is no human being that can fly without the aid of technology. And come on, folks, if you're listening to this and you're a human as well, you know how people are. Not being able to fly, watching all those birds and insects flitter about, that bugged us. 
bugged us immensely. <laughs> and today's oh, yeah, episode, I mean, like, well, what is it? Uh, Leonardo, of course, the famous, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was one of the the, the original inventors, uh, in, at least in terms of like you know writing down his uh, his results and his experimentation. And uh, the flying machine, you know, whether or not it would actually work in the way he designed it, was something that was uh, kind of indicative of what you're talking about, Ben. This idea that man for generations, centuries has been seeking to take flight. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's it's such a common thing in the human experience that it's very difficult. It's virtually impossible to pinpoint the first attempt at human flight. Uh, we have to first ask ourselves uh, the same question that our, our old school folks at uh, How Stuff Works asked. How do we define flight? Shout out to our pal Robert Lamb, who wrote an excellent article for How Stuff Works. You may recognize Robert as a founder and co-host of Stuff to Blow Your Mind. Uh, he will maybe one day, Noel, class up our our show if we can get him. His yeah. writer's crazy. I mean, I know it really is not brown M&Ms and the whole nine yards. Ben, you mentioned the idea of like, you know, how long has it been or what was the first time that that, that man, you know, or the human humans uh, sought to fly? I would argue you could ask that same question that you do around like, who is the first person to eat an oyster, you know, or mm. who is the first person that ate a mushroom and achieved a psychedelic state? I bet you real early on in the, in the uh, very early days of humanity, someone just stepped off a cliff because they didn't know better. <laughs> it just seemed like a very, like an urge, like, you know what, what if, if I get a good running jump? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can wily coyote myself, mm-hmm. you know, into the stratosphere. And then there's that moment where the, you know, they float for a second and the, the ground drops out and they die. Um, but I, I bet that happened. I mean, 100%. I know, you know, I think I, I think we learn that we cannot fly. But without observable uh, negative results, who knows what we may have tried. You know, you hear about kids getting hurt trying to be Superman, jumping off of roofs and whatnot. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville. 
right? It's, oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was, a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, <laughs> I said El Camino and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yes, that's true. Uh, the human brain is a an amazing or as Fiona Apple would say, an extraordinary machine. You're absolutely right, Noel. Like, if you are an early human being and you see a bird, let's say it's a big bird, right? Uh, not Sesame Street big bird, but, you know, like, a, like an apex aerial predator and you see the way it flies, then you're thinking, oh, I have things that kind of look like wings. I've got these two limbs closest to my head, and I'm sad that this is an audio show because I am flapping my best. I'm flapping my arms as well as I can, and I'm still on the ground. So that's very irritating to early humans. But to your point about running off a cliff and just giving it a go, uh, why not? We can't. Uh, we have to be careful not to be dismissive of the stories we're about to talk about because these folks who have all died trying to fly, each one of them was a pioneer in their day. And in some cases, uh, their, their work is part of the reason that we can hop on commercial airlines today. Like, Noel, you, uh, I know... I know uh, you are not adverse to plane flights. I think you prefer a train if possible. Is that correct? Oh, only because of the logistics of mm. it. I mean, if there is a way of taking a train, you lose so much time and, and, and it's so stressful just like waiting uh, in line at security and just hustling to the airport. And, you know, a train is like you're right there in a city center and then you go, it takes longer than a flight. But the time you save on the front and the back end, you know, you're right there in the city center of like, say, New York when you come. Back. But no, I mean, trains are not obviously, you know, reasonable or logistically uh, sound for all forms of travel. But man, is it nice. It's also just very relaxing. Nice scenery. Yeah, you see parts of the world that you wouldn't normally see. Uh, train travel, travel by rail in the U.S. is a subject for a future episode. But if you don't live in the U.S. and you're tuning in, you're probably rolling your eyes and thinking, oh, Americans, you don't know how real 
rail transit works. Uh, this it is it is actually logistically easier to fly in this country than it is to ride commercial rail. But it's only easier to fly because of these folks we're talking about. Now, knowing that we cannot figure out the first person who saw a bird and said, why, oh, why can't I? Uh, We do know one early guy, (laughs) one early guy from modern-day Kazakhstan. His name is Abu Nasir al-Jawahari. This is the like the first thousand years common era, right? Or um, AD, after the death of Christ, they would call it. Uh, He was a really smart dude. He wrote a dictionary, his magnum opus, Katab us Saha Fil Luga. And he died, as far as we can tell, by trying to fly. And he was, again, a very smart man. You need to know this going in. He died because he wanted to fly and he jumped off a roof, uh, either a mosque or, in some accounts, his own home. And he did it with two wooden wings and some rope linking the wings. So he's just like flappity, 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 splat. I mean, this guy seems like he was a talented linguist. Uh, but maybe didn't quite grasp physics in the way that would be necessary for attempting something like this. I, that is a just cunning a linguist, image. you would say. Uh, for sure, no, no, no other kind uh, need apply. Uh, but can you imagine though that moment where you jump off the roof and then you're just like flappity flap flap flap. Oh, and again, we're we're gonna. These are some Darwin Awards level goofs here. Yes. So we're we're gonna laugh. All human life is is valuable and all that. But the image here is cartoonish, as you would say, Ben. It really is mm. like some Acme. Like he bought these from Acme, and they just were utter <laughs> right. failure. You know, and he's just like, yeah, I got this. Wait a minute, no. You know, and I, I die. I agree with you. I hate to sound callous, but I picture I picture our pal here on the top. Of of the structure, whether it's his home or his mosque, and someone's going, "Hey, man, this is sort of crazy. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to just? Thing. Do you want to just try to like run down a hill and get up to yeah. speed?" And he goes, "I right. wrote a dictionary. Flappity flap flap splat." Yeah, one one set of skills does not necessarily equate to the other. Just so, and now we have to talk. Well, let's fast forward a bit. There's a uh, there's another guy who is instrumental. In, uh, in an old obsession of ours, hot air balloon traveling. Uh, this guy, Jean-Francois, check me on the French here, Noel. How are we doing? Jean-Francois Pilatre de Rosé? Pilatre. I don't know, man. I'm just overdoing it. It's got the little <laughs> upside down, the little schwa thing over the A, whatever you call that. So I'm thinking that the A is maybe a ya. Pilatre. Now that's my guess. De Rosier. All right. Well, what what's what's this guy's deal? Yeah, uh, he was a balloonist. 
Um, he invented a type of balloon around 1785 called the the, the Rosier uh, balloon, um, the, named after himself, of course. And he was trying to do one of those things, you know, those around the world in 80 days kind of deals, you know, or be, like, be the first to circumnavigate, you know, one of those. But this was specifically uh, crossing the English Channel via balloon. And it was, it was he made a noble attempt. This was no flappity flappity, you know, pew, it was a little more, you know, thought out than that. Yeah. And he had, he had some stripes for the time. Uh, he was a man who had made several successful hot air balloon flights using balloons of different designs. But our boy Jean-Francois has uh, an innovation in his balloon. He's got something up his envelope for all the balloonists up there. Uh, This guy has this combination of hydrogen and hot air. And that ultimately leads to his undoing. They're going over the English Channel, like you say, but the wind changes. It pushes him and his partner back something like five kilometers over land. And the balloon catches fire and it deflates and they drop like a rock from about 1,500 feet of elevation. Uh, it's a sad story because about eight days later, his former fiance also passes away in what contemporaneous sources suspect was a, uh, a suicide based on heartbreak. But if you, visit, if you visit the crash site today, you can see an obelisk erected in his honor. And I think it's worth the time if you ever find yourself uh, in uh, Waimaru. Again, not a native French speaker. And I recommended that pronunciation, which is likely incorrect. It it might be Waimaru. It's in the the, the Pas de de Calais. So airships aside, right, our, our two examples so far sound kind of audacious, right? We have one person jumping and flapping as hard as they can with wooden wings, which are also heavier than air. And then we have another guy who is onto something, but due to the um, ephemeral, capricious nature of the wind, he is led to an early demise. And I, I love the point. I love the point we made earlier. We can't dismiss these folks as crackpots. They were doing cutting edge research and they resulted in their work led to innovations. This is where, look, you thought I was leaning in on your, on your French. No, I know that, uh, in our longtime ridiculous historians, you also know that once upon a time, our man, Mr. Brown was a young German boy. So I want to give you, <laughs> I want to give you the honors. We're going to have some fun with some German. We've got to introduce a guy named Otto Lilienthal, the flying man of Germany. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, he, he's the real deal, man. He actually developed the technology, uh, if you can call it, you, you can't, of course you can call it that, uh, behind what is considered the modern wing. He attempted flights in 1891 uh, that are still seen today as being the very earliest stages of, of true human flight, of, of aeronautics. And let's see. This is a fun one. Okay. <laughs> going to give this a try. He, I love the, the overly long and, and, and just bespoke German words for very simple concepts. Uh, one of my favorites is not a simple concept at all, but there is a German word referring to collective national guilt over the Holocaust. And that mm-hmm. is Bewaltigung. Uh, wow. And, and yeah. folks, Noel did that from memory. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just one that I always, you know, people think of Farfik Nugent, which is just sounds funny, uh, which means just the joy of travel or driving. Um, but yeah, Bewangenheit's Bewaltigung, it just like literally means collective guilt over specifically the Holocaust. But uh, here we go. Let's see. Um, Otto, uh, the flying man, invented this thing that he called the Lilienthal Normal Zegel Apparat. Normal Zegel Apparat. Yes. Apparat just means apparatus. 
And normal means normal, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we're on to something. Yes. The Lilenthal Normal Segala Parat. Uh, yeah. The German is way better. Uh, no, yours was way more like uh, feisty, fiery, spicy. Say it like you're angry, right? Yeah, that's uh, the way. And, and so, no, what what was this? What was the normal Segala Parat? Well, it is what is considered to be the first airplane um, in series production. And it resulted in uh, a company that was essentially, you know, an assembly line style, kind of like the closest to modern uh, factory production specs that we would see today. And the company was called uh, Maschinenfabrik, which just means like fabrication, you know, of like metal and stuff. Uh, Otto uh, Lilienthal, the first airplane production company in the entire world. This guy's killing it, you know, and he changed the world. Honestly, I, he may deserve an episode all his own, but for our purposes, maybe we simply acknowledge that he is often not for nothing called the of aviation as well as the father of flight. And we have to get back to our unfortunate theme. I'm so glad you mentioned the Darwin Awards, Noel. Otto loved gliders. He was born in Prussia, uh, May 23rd, 1848. And even as a kid, he is studying the flights of local birds. Like he is in grammar school. Other kids are playing in the, uh, you know, playground or gymnasium or what have you. And uh, he and his brother aren't playing games with the other kids. They are watching birds perch on branches, watching them hit the ground, take off, all the things that birds are famous for. And just like our earliest example, Otto and his brother, again, at a young age, they make strap-on wings and they try to fly. Thankfully for history, they don't jump from uh, such great heights. You know, they're just, they're maybe spraining some ankles but they're not, they're not dying. Uh, the guy goes on to become a engineer by trade. Uh, he goes to several different academic institutions. And in 1867, he is a grown guy doing actual science, researching how to, how to better understand air and therefore aviation. But he has to go serve in the Franco-Prussian War. He goes back from the war. He survives. Uh, he's an engineer still. He gets a patent, but this surprised me. It's not a patent for uh, it's not a patent for anything related to aviation. It's for a mining machine, and he makes these things called tubular boilers. He makes boilers and steam engines. He could have stopped there. He was a success, right? He could have just mm-hmm. been like a mining magnate. He was, for sure. I love the idea of tubular boilers. It makes me think of tubular bells, uh, you know, from, from the, mm-hmm. the exercise. Or a uh, But not that, something different. But no, this guy, man, he's like, he's really on a roll. He's got some serious achievements. Heavier than air flight, ding, ding, ding. Uh, he apparently built a, a man-made hill. <laughs> What's that about, Ben? Right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's thinking... These hills are okay, but I need a specific takeoff point. I need this gentle elevation of a uh, very particular sort. And 
that's kind of cool. Building your own hill to carry out your glider experiments after you have already become a famous mining inventor. He also creates an important patent. We know this because outside of the Invention Secrecy Act, which is a real thing, tune into stuff they don't want you to know. Outside of that insidious little law, U.S. patent uh, uh, records are public. And so this is how we know that Otto has created this bar to carry and fly a hang glider. And for just a few years in the 1890s, our man Otto is the glider king. He makes thousands, literally thousands of flights in gliders that he has designed. He does this in 1891 with his first glider version, the Devitzer glider, uh, and he continues this. He's on a roll until his death in 1896, but he is, for that brief period of time, for those five halcyon years, he is world famous. People are taking photos of his gliders, photos of his flights. Scientists are writing about it, right? The um, popular publications of the day are showing these pictures. You can see a lot of this at the Leylenthal Museum over in Germany. But alas, those who fly first seem to often fall first as well. So, no, I think it's I think it's time we talk about his last glide. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're gonna if you're if you're if you're this kind of this kind of cat, you can think of worse ways to go out. So on August 9th, uh, a day after my birthday, uh, in 1896, well before I was born, um, a little over 126 years ago, Otto went to his usual weekend spot uh, at the Rhino Hills. Perfect weather for a flight. Great day for a flight. Sunny, not too hot, around 68 degrees. Uh, things go well at first. He was able to reach a distance of around 820 feet uh, in his normal glider. But then things changed um, during his fourth flight. Yeah, if you have ever if you have ever made a paper airplane, you're awesome. If you have not made a paper airplane, you have some adventures ahead. They're a lot of fun and they'll teach you about gliding and aerodynamics. This guy is an expert, but like you said, Noel, it's during his fourth flight when his vehicle pitches forward. The glider nosedives. And if you've seen a paper plane nosedive before, you know what we're talking about. This is bad news for him. And he knows this without getting into the weeds of physics here. This kind of glider relies on shifting one's weight. And when you're heading straight down, when you're plummeting, it's very difficult to make that weight shift successfully. So it's like a it's like mm-hmm. if you're trying to steer out of a swerve in a car and he's trying to essentially steer out of the swerve he can't regain control he falls from the air about 49 feet. Yeah, and unfortunately it wasn't a super quick death. Um one of his associates a guy named Paul Bailey uh who was his mechanic was on the scene he ran to his side and and then raced uh him to a doctor in the city of Stolln. 
this was in the olden days, even though this guy's making serious leaps and bounds in terms of flight, uh, we are still living in the days of horse-drawn carriages. So uh, the rough ride that that would have entailed probably didn't help the dude already being super banged up. This one isn't a funny one. Uh, this one is like truly kind of a bummer. This guy really, you know, he was important. He really made some serious, uh, you know, um, advancements in the field. And he it was kind of a freak accident. Like he, he wasn't being a, a, a wing nut, you know, he really just kind of the conditions sort of um, got the better of him. He sustained some pretty serious injuries that uh, he was just not going to recover from, including a fractured third cervical vertebrae. Um, he actually lost consciousness and uh, was moved via a cargo train to Berlin uh, and then taken the next morning to a doctor by the name of Ernst von Bergmann, um, who was a very, very, very famous and sought-after surgeon. Because, again, this guy was a big deal. Like, they were going to give him the best treatment possible. Um, but, unfortunately, he did pass away a few hours later, um, about 36 hours after the crash. Um, you know, it was it was it would be the last flight for for Germany's flying man. Yeah, and interesting side note: his last words are a matter of debate for historians today. Off mic, uh, Noel, you and I have talked at length about how uh, how accurate reports of people's last words are, because. Uh, I I think we're both of the mind that most people's last words are something like uh, death rattle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like we'd all like to think that uh, we we're going to say some momentous poetic thing uh, on our deathbed. But chances are our wits are not going to be fully about us, uh, you know, under these types of circumstances. So I'm with you, Ben. I'm always a little bit skeptical. It makes for a good story. Either this wallpaper like, goes one for the Gipper. Or I do. <laughs> yeah. When one for the Gipper, what's the other one? That was a movie. That was a movie, but it was, it's a, it's a great example of, you know, uh, schmaltzy kind of like last word material. Death is not fun or romantic no. or poetic most of the no, time. No, no. <laughs> because both of us can mm -hmm. attest. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, that was Oscar Wilde who reputedly said, either the wallpaper goes or I do. And then uh, Che Guevara apparently said, shoot, fool. You are only killing a man. But uh, what what is the purported final statement of the flying man of Germany? What was he saying? Well, uh, we'll give you the German and then and then the translation. Uh, reportedly, he said, "Opfer müssen gebracht werden," uh, which uh, which basically translates to "sacrifices must be made," um, which is you know kind of a theme of this episode in terms of the advancement of humanity. You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet and all that. Uh, you got to crack a few skulls to, to make humans fly. There we are. Uh, now, of course, the staff of the Otto Lilienthal Museum will tell you this is likely an historical invention, but still, it's an epic declaration. And here we are going to pause, folks. Just like Franz on the first deck of the Eiffel Tower, this is the end of part one of our two-part series on people who died trying to fly. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Mr. Max Williams. Indeed. Uh, thanks to Alex Williams, who composed this theme. Christopher Osteotis, Eve's Jeffcoat, both here in spirit. Uh, Christopher, soon to be here in uh, in the flesh. We promised. Mm -hmm. We're teasing that for ages. 
Yeah, but I definitely buttonholed him uh, over in Dallas, and I think you did too. We sat down with him in person and said, yeah. you got to come back. Give him a good buttonholing. See you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.